One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases, and it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Nosworthy. So let's move now out of talking about uh, what you eat in the sense of your macronutrient profile, the, the balance of protein, fat, and carbohydrates, and talk about another aspect of what you eat, and that is content. And, and yes, of course, protein, fat, and carbohydrates is part of the content equation, if you will. Uh, but I'm thinking a little bit more big picture in terms of the mixture of whether or not your diet is animal product-based or plant-based, or if we go to the extremes of those two, on one side, we have the 100% raw vegan who eats nothing but plant-based food and doesn't even cook those things or doesn't cook those things. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum is that you have the 100% carnivore who eats nothing but animal products, including animal fats. Uh, and the interesting thing is, is that when you look at the carnivore side of things, which is uh, you know, as as of the time that I'm recording this podcast has become a growing movement or body uh, has a body of evidence behind it over the last couple of years. But nonetheless, um, when we look around the world and we see different indigenous people, for example, like uh, the Inuit, whose diet is predominantly carnivore with Arctic char, seal, whale meat, and different types of deep water, cold deep water fishes. Um, it is very animal heavy, product heavy, very high fat. And if they have any plant-based foods at all, like berries, things that they can forage, uh, it's only during certain seasons. So their life is spent predominantly um, eating and consuming uh, animal products. And in fact, I believe that some references in the literature to indigenous Native Americans, how historically uh, between certain ages up until they became full-fledged warriors, they ate nothing but animal meat and buffalo was and bison was a big part of that. <clears throat> Nevertheless, when it comes to trying to, to decide the content or the profile of the diet per se, um, we have, like if we look at those as two different ends of the spectrum, what I'm going to suggest to you is that while there are some outliers who can be really healthy on one extreme or the other, there are some people who are going to be raw vegans, and that's really a good choice for them. There are some people who will go carnivore, and that will be really a good choice for them. The vast majority of people are going to get their best responses with their diet when they construct the content of their diet somewhere in the middle with some type of a mixture of those. And so we have these combination diets, if you will, where we have um, what's called the ketovore or even the meto diet, obviously playing off the word keto called meto, <clears throat> which means that you're eating predominantly carnivore, but you might have certain types of plant-based foods that you allow in your diet in, in small amounts. Then we have a low-carbohydrate style diet, which obviously is uh, moderate in plant, or not plant-based, but animal-based plus uh, healthy fats. And again, with a smaller, maybe a larger amount of carbohydrates, healthy carbohydrates than say someone who's a ketovore or a meto eater. Then we have paleo, which is predominantly um, grain-free, but again, moderate protein, moderate fat, and controlling the type and the amount of carbohydrates. Then we can merge into things like the Medi Mediterranean diet. And then there's any number of vegetarian varieties, including things like 
um, lacto-ovo vegetarians where people eat uh, eggs and dairy, but they don't eat uh, fish. Um, then we have pescatarians who do eat fish. And so you can see that there's a lot of different steps along the way. And the last thing that we want to do, <clears throat> excuse me, is to adopt the position that says this diet is going to be best for everyone. In fact, I said from the very get-go that my preference is to opt for a paleo-style diet in terms of content uh, as your starting point, and then you make individual changes or personalized changes based on your physiology and your response to certain things as you discover and learn more about how your body works and responds to food, either through trial and error or because of some kind of formal testing. There are always things that you can emphasize or de-emphasize, and, and I, again, I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all, and while I do think that the extremes on both ends can be suitable for some people, I think those are the exceptions rather than the rule. Now, the truth about content in terms of diet is this, is that when we ask the question, what is the most nutrient-dense type of food that exists on the planet, the answer is hands down, meat, fish, and other animal products. The nutrient density of beef, pork, liver, especially when you start getting into organ meats, um, fish varieties, and even dairy products if you're tolerant to dairy, the nutrient density in that is astounding when you actually compare it to the nutrient density then that we find in, in the plant-based kingdom. And that's actually regardless of how they're raised. And we'll talk a little bit when we talk about quality, about the difference between grass-fed beef and uh, grain-fed and corn-fed and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a slightly different topic, but it's certainly related. Now, it doesn't mean that plant-based foods are, are wrong or that they're bad. And while we do understand that plants contain tons of nutrients, it's just not as nutrient-dense as animal products, the plant-based products contain phytonutrients, polyphenols, Basically, the fiber content contributes to a diverse microbiome, but you actually have to be eating a diversity of plant and fruit-based uh, foods for your microbiome to be diverse. But these compounds, or not these compounds, but these types of foods, this type of content, plant-based foods also contain things that are called anti-nutrients that, number one, can prevent the absorption of certain key nutrients, as well as being potential immune triggers um, containing things like lectins or other types of agglutinins. And those things can be particularly problematic for people in the inflammation nations, specifically those who suffer from autoimmune diseases. And we have plenty of research in the medical literature that connects certain types of lectins in certain foods and their predisposition to flare up, trigger, or otherwise cause autoimmune reactions against certain tissues. And so I don't believe that it is valid to say for the average person that you need to skew your diet in terms of content all the way in one direction versus all the way in the other. But if we come from this balanced perspective that a paleo diet is a good place for people to start and we make sure that we have ample amounts of, of healthy fats, healthy protein, and we minimize and control our carbohydrate content for a couple of different reasons to optimize blood sugar control to increase the probability that we're going to have a diverse microbiome. But again, you have to be eating a diversity of plant and vegetable matter. Just eating the same vegetables or fruit over and over and over again is not going to give you the microbiome diversity that you want. But if there's one change that you can make to shift the content 
of your diet into a more nutrient-dense perspective, that is going to be slightly de-emphasizing your plant-based intake and increasing your animal-based intake, which automatically will typically increase your fat intake as well because most animal proteins contain uh, some degree of fat as well. And so, you know, that's kind of an inconvenient truth because people people kind of turn diet into uh, some kind of a, a religious fervor, especially, well, you, you actually see it on both ends of the spectrum now. You see people who are vegans, particularly raw vegans, who are um, rigorously and stringently anti-animal protein consumption. And sometimes it's philosophical uh, a basis. But now you're starting to see a lot of people who are coming from the perspective of, hey, I went full carnivore and it fixed all these health issues. Therefore, everybody else needs to go carnivore as well. We don't perhaps see it to the same extent as we see coming from the vegan community, but we're starting to see that. And that's just simply an error in logic. Um, just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody else. And so we try to take the largest body of evidence that we can, both in research as well as observation and clinical experience, and marry those into a blend of things that's going to give us the greatest opportunity to arrive at a diet that's going to give you the optimization that you're looking for. Remember, you are unique. Your doctor should be treating you that way. You should be treating yourself that way. And that includes whatever dietary strategy that you ultimately decide is going to be the best for you. Don't buy into this idea that there's a, a, a diet out there that has specific guidelines and rules. And you see this a lot in the books that are published. Um, don't feel like you have to pigeon yourself, pigeonhole yourself into that particular dietary profile or content profile because there's every chance that it's not going to work for you. It's every there's just as much chance that it won't work for you as it actually will. So choosing a paleo diet in terms of content and profile and then making some adjustments along the way that personalize it to you is probably your best option. And we're going to pick this up in the next episode and we'll switch the conversation. We're still talking about what you eat, but instead of talking about your macronutrient profile or the content of what you're going to eat, uh, let's talk a little bit about the quality. And we'll tackle, tackle issues like farm-raised versus wild-caught in terms of fish or grass-fed versus corn-fed as it relates to the animal proteins like beef. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Inflammation Nation. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Be the first to know when a new episode drops so that you can stay on top of your game. It also helps others like you find the answers they need. And why not head over to my main website, drnoseworthy.com, that's drnoseworthy.com, to explore my personalized functional medicine coaching programs, submit a question to the podcast, maybe take a quiz, or even reach out to me using the contact form that you can find there. We'll see you next time.